What's going on, guys? Welcome back to the show. This is my first episode in a while, actually. We just moved cross country, and if you've been following along, I've had a couple like little health issues the last couple of weeks. Um, I love podcasting, but it certainly fell to the bottom of the priority list as we were sorting some of that stuff out. Uh, we're not totally on the back end of that, but hopefully moving to a place where, you know, uh, not as much trips to the ER and, and trips to the doctor every day. And so having a little time here today, I'd like to record an episode. We're going to talk about this idea of I should be losing weight, right? I should be losing weight. Um, you know, this podcast is for someone who's, you know, frustrated that, you know, based on the numbers and based on what the calorie calculator said, I should be losing weight. You know, I'm doing everything right and I'm not losing weight. I should be. Um, and also before we start, if you're watching this on YouTube and you see me like look down or away, my left eye is tweaking right now. I have a astigmatism that uh, totally not not related to any of the health stuff I was talking about before, but like really just um, not something that any eye doctors can figure out. They're like, yeah, yeah, it's not, yeah, I see you have astigmatism. I'm like, well, can I, what can I do about it? Like you can do this like eye physical therapy for like weeks and months and we're not really sure if it's going to work or not. Like, but there's no like, there's no surgery or anything that we can do. I can't just like get this fixed. It's 2023. I'm sitting here with like a left eye that tweaks every five seconds. Like there's nothing we can do about it. Anyway, bringing it back home here. Um, this There's this idea of like, I should be losing weight. I mean, listen, I'm a coach. I I'm take on a lot of clients. I do a lot of client calls. And there's this sentiment all the time, like all the time of I should be losing weight. Uh, whatever I'm doing should be good enough. The calories I'm eating, the calorie calculator I used, Based on what someone else said, I should be losing weight. Um, and that's based on a few different assumptions. How, do, how are these, these people coming to the conclusion that they should be losing weight? And it's based on a couple of assumptions that we're going to go over. But what ends up happening is, you know, this is the scenario where, okay, this person thinks that they should be losing weight. And if they're not, this is when they start to kind of fall into this you know, something's wrong with my metabolism, you know, um, something, something is wrong with, you know, um, you know, something's wrong with me, something's wrong, right? Instead of like looking at the data and just like being real with what's actually going on and living in reality, it's like, oh, something must be wrong. Can't possibly be that any of these assumptions that I've made, you know, are assumptions I should not have made or made with as much certainty. Um, and so there's a lot of this I should be losing weight, and when I'm not, something must be wrong with me, and typically what's happening is all oh, my metabolism is broken or suppressed or any of the other terminology that you might hear. This, and I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be careful not to turn this completely into a reverse dieting podcast, but this is who reverse dieting is sold to. It's the person who is doing everything right, is eating low calories, doing all this, and they're still not losing weight. Well, now they must need, a, they must, what they must need is a reverse diet. Um, and, and I just I just have this you know you're not if for those of you guys not watching YouTube I have this like stupid grin on my face just I know just I know I've seen this so many times it's like I should be losing weight I'm doing all this stuff and the first thing that this person is sold is well you got to reverse diet your metabolism is suppressed your metabolism is broken your metabolism is damaged we need to reverse diet get you back to a place where your metabolism's healthy and then you know and then you can lose weight this is a crock of shit and if you've been sold this and you know, you you haven't listened to some of my my discussions, podcasts on uh, reverse dieting. I'll put an episode I did with Eric Trexler where we look at actually a ton of research we have on this topic and it just doesn't seem that this is a real thing. Uh, I know that's a can of worms. Reverse dieting has a ton of different definitions and different applications. And I think 
there's probably at most one application that makes some sense. Anyway, I don't want to turn this completely into a reverse signing podcast. I'll link that show with Eric Trexler in the show notes. Give it a listen if you're kind of already kind of scratching your head of, I thought reverse dieting was a thing and all that good stuff. At the end of the day, this person who should be losing weight but isn't losing weight, you don't need a reverse diet. You need less calories or move more. Um, And I recently put out some content about this like eat less, move more discussion. And I won't go into that now because I'm gonna do a whole new podcast on it. But um, we have to begin with the truth. And the truth is that you're not in a deficit. And it's not because your metabolism is not broken. All right, it's not because your metabolism is broken. And so we'll talk a little bit more about that sort of like dealing with reality in a second. Um, but let's talk about this like I should be losing weight, right? I should be losing weight situation. You know, you should be losing weight. And every time I say that, I'm putting a little air quotes on it. You know, what is that based on? You know, you've come to this conclusion that based on what you're doing, you should be losing weight. So so what, what are those... Um, you know, you have the premise, I should be losing weight. Like, why, why, why? What are the assumptions you've made to make that premise true? Um, and so usually what that's based on is, you know, I'll ask them, they're like, I should be losing weight. I'm like, based on what? And they're like, based on what the calorie calculator said. Based on, you know, my calories have been this low. Uh, based on, you know, what I, I used to do this and it used to work. Or based on, you know, my friend who's a similar height, weight, age, size, muscularity, all that stuff. She did blank. So those are the two, the four big assumptions that I see. The calorie calculator said X. I'm tracking X. I used to do X and it worked. And my friend did X and it worked. And so those are t- typically some combination of the four assumptions. And I'm going to go through those. I'm just going to kind of talk you guys through um, how to navigate the situation of what to do when you feel like you should be losing weight, but you're not. Um, and so let's talk about the calories. We'll talk about the calorie calculator and we'll talk about your what your calories have been. And this is a big, I got a big stick up my ass for this one. Um, you guys are just, you're too certain about what the what you're like, you're too certain about these numbers. You look at these numbers as if they're like 100% true, as if they're like, yep, yeah, these are exactly the numbers. And when I say these are exactly the numbers, like, the number you got from the calorie calculator, like the calorie calculator doesn't know you, even if you put it in perfectly, even if you perfectly knew your activity level, which nobody really does. You don't really know if you're moderately active or lightly active or extremely active or whatever. Like when, And that doesn't mean the calorie calculators are useless. It just means that they're a shot in the dark. It's a ballpark. It's just to get you kind of going. And so, you know, you put your numbers into it into a calorie calculator and it tells you that 1,700 calories is a deficit for you, right? It tells you maintenance is 2,200. You want to be in a 500 calorie deficit. You start eating 1,700 calories and you're not losing weight. And you're like, what gives, right? Now that's two assumptions you've made. One is that the calorie calculator is right for you, that you actually, it's spitting out a number that applies to you. It doesn't. It applies to an algorithm of you that you put in that even if you put in all of the accurate data, you didn't put in anything about your genetics. And genetics play a huge part, and that's something we'll cover in a little bit later. And the second assumption you've made here is that you're actually eating 1,700 calories. Like, the calorie calculator doesn't know you. It's an estimate. And then you're really like, I cracked myself up, man. People are so sure they're eating what they're they're actually eating. Like, the, the research is, is out of control in favor of you're probably eating more than you think. Now, I don't want to just die on that hill because there are people out there, and I've, I deal with them all the time that are tracking incredibly accurately. Like, uh, like what I mean by incredibly accurately is, is 
what'll happen with a client sometimes is I'll ask for, hey, can you send me pictures of what you're eating for, for two or three days? I know it's over the top, but it's, it's an attempt to kind of tackle this issue. Send me pictures for two or three days of what you're eating and send me how you tracked it. And by all accounts, they are being incredibly accurate. And so there's, there are, I'd say most people are not tracking accurately. They're not tracking consistently. They're not tracking on the weekends. They're underestimating what they eat. They're forgetting bite, bites, licks, and tastes. I'd say most people are forgetting missing calories in some way, but some people aren't. Some people are like dialed in and I'm not putting this dialed in up on a pedestal, by the way. I don't think being this dialed in is sustainable, is, a, is um, for most people. It's not something that you should be aspiring to. I'm just saying in this context, the thing that I want to rule out is if you are in fact missing a lot of calories and some people aren't, right? And so they're like, no, I actually am eating X, Y, and Z. And it's like, even if you are, you know, there's still food labels that can be off by 20%. You could still be underestimating meals out, missing oils, underestimating portion sizes. And so even for the most avid, most consistent tracker, like guys, tracking in general has baked in variants. It has variants that you can't do anything about, right? Differences in, in, in restaurant portion sizes, differences in, in like, guys, food labels can be off by up to 20%. You wanna know which direction they're probably off by? They're probably underestimating on purpose to make, you know, products seem like they're less food. Now that's, that people are like, oh, and tracking is not useful. No, it's, it's irrelevant. You're looking at it the wrong way. You're looking at all of this stuff like it has to be 100% accurate all the time. And I wanna talk about reliability versus accuracy. You guys are so sure about your numbers. You're so sure you're eating X. You're so sure that the calorie calculator is right. And I just don't think, I don't think you should be so sure. I think you should, uh, we'll get to this, we'll get to this in a second. I think you should be following the data and the biofeedback. I don't care if the calorie calculator said 1700 and you are dialed in on 1700. If you're not losing weight, you're not in a deficit. And so start operating on that as a fact instead of thinking, well, why is 17 not a deficit for me? Start thinking about what can I do because I'm clearly not in a deficit. And so this idea of like reliability versus accuracy, people really want their numbers to be 100% accurate. They want when I say accuracy, it means that if you that two thousand is two thousand that you that you're tracking two thousand and that you're taking in two thousand. I don't care about the accuracy so much. I don't care. Like people get here, here's a good example. When I tell people to track calories and protein, uh, don't count all three macros. Just track calories and total protein. Don't wor or track protein and total calories. Don't worry so much about carbs and fats. Somebody will come in and say, "Hey, but when I do that." my macros don't add up to my calories in my fitness pal. And what happens sometimes is people track, because my fitness pal has a high percentage of user entries, sometimes people do some wonky things where they do net carbs, right? Or they don't track fiber at all, or you know they track something incorrectly. And so sometimes if you track to your total calories or you track to your macros, they don't always add up perfectly. It's a thing, you could, you could track, hit your calories, and it could say you went over like six grams of carbs or four grams of protein, and they don't perfectly add up. And people lose their shit over this because it's technically not an accurate way, right? You're, they're, they're not perfectly matching up. Who gives a shit? What you need is you need reliable numbers. You need to start looking at this in a directional sense, not in a perfect numerical sense. What I mean by directional sense is if you're not losing weight, then whatever you're eating is not a deficit. And directionally, you need to focus on eating less. 
less than whatever you are eating, instead of getting so emotional about the actual exact number that you're eating, start to acknowledge that whatever it is, it's too much or it's not a deficit. I'm, I'm speaking in the context of trying to lose fat. And so when I say too much, I mean, it's not a deficit. Like if you're someone who's like, I'm 170 pounds and I'm eating 1700 calories and I'm not losing weight and that should be a deficit, guess what? It's not. And you know, you can spend a portion of your time trying to figure out if you're missing some calories, maybe you're underestimating, maybe you're 17 is really 21, maybe it's really 19. But at the end of the day, it's not a deficit. And you need to re-enter the real world and act on that as a fact. And you don't have to act on it, by the way. I'm not telling everybody that you need to keep lowering calories. I don't care what you do. You don't have to lose fat. What I'm saying is you're spending too much time being frustrated when the answer is right in front of you. It's not a deficit. And you can, I, I'm gonna be annoyed. I'm gonna be mean here. I'm, uh, sorry, not mean, but like I would never speak this way, but like I'm just gonna say it in this way. Just know that I would never speak this way to a person. Like, you can piss and moan about why it's not a deficit. It should be a deficit. It's only 10 times my body weight, but it's not. And so however much time you spend like pissing and moaning about it is time wasted. You, you need to take this as a fact. It's not a deficit. And if you want it to be a deficit, you need to reduce calories or increase movement, whatever. One of those two dynamic of which you should do um, is something I've discussed with the coach, but um I see this all the time. If you can be less emotional about the actual number, like what I mean emotional, I mean people see, like I'm 170 pounds and I'm eating 1,700. And people see that and they're like, well, that's only 10 times body weight, right? Seven, 170 pounds times 10, 1,700 calories. And by all accounts, that's pretty low. And so they're like, well, I shouldn't have to eat lower than that. Or that's already really low, right? I've heard that that's really low. Get that shit out of your head. Maybe your 17 is really 2,000 because you consistently track all your proteins cooked and you forget about oil. And, and at the end of the day, your, your methods are consistent. If your methods are consistent and your numbers are reliable, I don't care. I'm not assuming that your numbers are perfectly accurate. What I need from you as a client is consistent habits, consistent methods in terms of tracking so that your numbers are reliable and then we can use the data. Am I losing weight? Am I not losing weight? In a directional sense to dictate what we should do. Like I don't, if someone's like, hey, I'm eating 1500 and I'm not losing weight. The first thing we will do is do a quick audit of if you're missing anything big, right? If you're missing anything big, all right, you, you, you're not tracking your, your 240 calorie latte you have every day or whatever. We will do that. We'll do an internal audit of what you're actually doing. We will do that. I know that that's a pursuit of accuracy and I just kind of shit on the idea that it needs to be perfectly accurate, but I think it needs to be above a threshold of accuracy for sure. And so I'll, we'll, I will do a check and see if it's above that threshold of accuracy. Many times it is um, just because this person, well, I wouldn't say many times, but sometimes it is. Sometimes we're missing stuff. At some point, the, the end of this process will be that now your accuracy is above a threshold. And now... I just want you guys to take out all the emotion about what you heard and what you think should be happening and what he or she did or what the calorie calculator said and deal with the data in front of you. If you're, I don't care if you're 170 pounds and you're eating 1500 calories and you're not losing weight, like you're not in a deficit. And if you want to be in a deficit, you need to reduce calories or increase movement. Um, can you do that internal audit first to make sure your 15 isn't really 2000? Yeah, of course, but you, the answer to the equation of I, I'm, I'm eating X plus not losing weight 
equals not in a deficit. It equals X is not a deficit. It doesn't mean that you need a reverse diet or, oh, I'm, I shouldn't have to go any lower. Like, I shouldn't have to go any lower. That one kills me. Uh, okay, now I shouldn't have to go any lower. Now, what, what do you want someone to do about it? Like, um, I shouldn't have to go any lower. It's like, I, I, would, I would love for you to not have to go any lower. I would love that to be the case. But it's whatever you're eating, and we'll call it X, it's not a deficit. And if you want it to be, you need to eat less than X. And when I, when I, I call it X on purpose, because when I look at your calories, yeah, I, I, the, I know that with my clients, based on how we do our onboarding, I can get people above that threshold of accuracy where the numbers are relevant. But I still view it as X. I still view it as just a, a, a naked variable of I'm not, I don't look at this, I'm like, oh, there's a 200 pound person eating 1900 calories and not losing weight. Something must be wrong with their metabolism. That is the wrong uh, uh, answer to that question. That is the wrong consensus, the wrong uh, um, conclusion to draw. You can draw a conclusion of maybe they're missing calories because you know that that's kind of low. Sub 10 times body weight is kind of low. And, and you would, like, there's a difference between I should be losing weight and I would suspect that you'd lose weight. I would suspect that I'd lose weight. You can suspect all you want, but my point is you have to come back to this being a fact. You're not losing weight, you're not in a deficit. So follow the data, follow data plus biofeedback, forget your expectations of I should be losing at this many calories and act on the reality in front of you. Uh, so many, I have a client right now and I will just shout, I'm not gonna shout her name out, but she's really honed this in for me. She started to cut 170 pounds. She's active. When I say active, I mean she gets more than eight to 10,000 steps. She gets in that range, if not a little bit more. 170 pounds, eight to 10,000 steps. And we started her at like 1,700 calories, something like that. And she wasn't losing weight. And we got a little frustrated. You know, we both, you know, we got a little frustrated in the short term because we were like, hmm, I would suspect that based on the numbers that this would cause some fat loss. It didn't. It didn't for a month, by the way. I'm, we don't do this like, oh, one week, nothing happened. For a month, nothing happened. And so we kind of came back together and we said, okay, well, what are we gonna do? How are you feeling? You know, because if you were in a deficit, you probably feel kind of lethargic, you kind of feel hungry, kind of food focused. And, and those things aren't a perfect metric or per, perfect proxy for being in a deficit, but they, they likely exist. If, you know, if someone is, if so I'll just explain what happened. And so, she wasn't feeling those things. She wasn't feeling hungry. She wasn't feeling deprived. And I'm not saying you need to feel those things, but if you're not losing weight and you're never hungry, well, man, that kind of checks out. You're not in a deficit. Like if you're not feeling any signs of a deficit, like like if it doesn't like oh, uh, if it doesn't look like a deer, if it doesn't sound like a deer, if it's not shaped like a deer, well, I wouldn't be so surprised if it's not a deer. And so that's kind of the situation we were in. And so we lowered her calories to like 1,500, in the 1,500s. And somebody might hear this and be like, holy shit, 170 pound person, 1,500, that's really low. Guess what happened? She didn't lose weight for another, you know, two to four weeks. And I said, how are you feeling? She goes, oh, you know, I feel okay. Like, I wish I had more food, but like, I'm certainly not starving and I'm not super hungry. I don't feel irritable. I don't have a lot of these fatigue symptoms. So we lowered her calories again, 1,300s. You know, we, we were dropping some big chunks out of this because I really wanted to test this and see how this would go. Um, and guess what? She started losing weight, 170 pounds. You had to eat 1300 calories. And, and 
So somebody might hear this and like, wow, 1,300 is so low, but you have to stop being so emotionally attached to the number. Maybe her 13 was really 15. Yes, we did an internal audit and she tracks pretty darn accurately, as accurately as I could ask anyone to track. But what matters is what is the data telling you and what is her biofeedback telling us? Her biofeedback was telling us she wasn't hungry, not in a, 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 she wasn't lethargic, she didn't have any symptoms of being in a deficit. And the, guess what the data was telling us? She wasn't in a deficit. That, that tracked, that checks out. And so we finally lowered her calories in the 13s, in the 12s and the 13s, where people are gonna lose their fucking mind when they hear this. And she's lost 15, 20 pounds, uh, I think about 15 pounds actually, over the course of, you know, fairly consistently, but, and to be clear with you, she's not losing at an incredibly fast rate. She's losing at a consistent rate, at a sustainable rate. If you just looked at her rate of fat loss, you'd be like, wow, what a healthy deficit. Like, but if you looked at the calories, you'd be like, oh my God, it's way too low. If you look, and, and so what cracks me up is if she sat down with, with like a coach or something, it was like, hey, this is how I'm feeling while I'm in a deficit. I think every coach would be like, wow, that makes sense. You're a little hungry. You wish you had more food. Your training's not as good, but you're not dying. You're feeling, you know, hey, this is something I can sustain. And then you look at her rate of fat loss. That also checks out. You know, we lost between half pound to a pound a week, probably like 0.7 pounds per week on average. And someone would be like, okay, yeah, that makes sense. So you you were you were moderately uncomfortable losing at a moderate rate, but then they see their cal this person's calories and they fucking flip a shit. And that's because we have an emotional attachment to this numbers as as a as 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 if there's some calorie amount that is inherently unhealthy. That's just not true. Now I recently paid for blood work for this client so that we could just make sure, hey, you're you're good, right? Like you feel good, you've lost weight. You don't have any crazy symptoms of fatigue, diet symptoms, deficit symptoms, whatever. And we paid for some blood work and guess what? Per perfectly healthy, she's doing great. We're you know, now transitioning to see you know, at this new body weight how much can she eat so that she can maintain. We're in that process now. You can call it a reverse diet if you want. Um, we're finding her new maintenance at this body weight. But it, 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 it. coaches, stop getting so emotionally attached to the numbers. Right. Start dealing with what the data and your client are telling you. Clients out there, same deal. If you're not losing weight, you're not in a deficit. If you're you're spending too much time being frustrated as to why, and not enough time acting on it. Um, cool. That that's my big stink. We'll go through the the other two assumptions people make are I used to do this and it doesn't work anymore. This is I used to eat this many calories and lose weight. I used to do this much activity and lose weight. And I, ha my, I have an overwhelming feeling about this and I don't wanna be a dick, but who fucking cares? Who cares? The truth is, if it's not working right now, act upon that. I'm not saying that that can't be a frustrating moment. I, I don't wanna be not sympathetic here. If you used to, if you are truly doing, ex you, it feels like you're doing everything you used to do and it used to work at this body weight, Right, you used when you were 150 back in the day. You used to eat this many calories, get this many steps, and it used to work. And now you are duplicating that exact scenario, which again is a kind of a big leap of faith, honestly. But let's say you think you're duplicating that exact scenario and it's not working. That is frustrating. That is absolutely frustrating. But who cares? Like, like what are we gonna do now? Like, let's focus on what to do about it. Your metabolism is not broken. You don't need a reverse diet. You need to, like live in the reality of the situation, which is that you're not in a deficit. And if you're not in a deficit, you can get in a deficit by eating less or moving more. 
I'm not suggesting which one of those you do. I'm not suggesting you do either of them. Maybe, you know, your best, maybe, maybe doing those things is just sucks and you don't feel like doing them and great. Let's learn to be content with where we are, recomp, all that good stuff. Um, but I, and I don't want to be crude and crass and, 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 and not sympathetic to these scenarios, but I just, I just feel like we're spending too much time, you know, crying over spilt milk or whatever stupid kind of terminology there is. Like we're too, we're, 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 I don't mind being a detective as to why something's happening, but I'm just letting you know that the answer isn't going to help change what your options are. Your options will be what they will be, which is if you're not in a deficit, you can lower your calories if you want. You can be more patient and maybe find out that you've been in a deficit, but it's kind of small and it just takes some more time to materialize or you can move more and then that's it. And, and, and those are your options. Uh, there's no, oh, I eat more, I can hack myself, or I gotta eat less carbs, or I gotta, there's not really any options. You can you can lower your calories if you want, you can increase your movement if you want, you can stay patient and see if, you know, you've been in a small deficit and it will materialize. And so, you know, hey, you know, when, you know, I'm 40 now and, and I'm doing what I used to do when I was 20 and it's not working. It's like, on the one hand, you, you're probably not, like I'm not trying to be overly cynical, but you're probably not. You were probably more active then, you probably slept more then, you probably worked less then, you probably didn't have kids then. It probably isn't the same, it probably really isn't. It might feel equally hard or some of the things really do match up, like the number of steps you were doing, but it's probably not exactly the same. And even if it was the same, what do you do with that information now? Like, that's my point, my point is, I don't mind having a moment where we're sympathetic, where we're frustrated. I don't mind having that moment, but now what? Now we need to act on what the reality of the situation is, what the facts of the situation are, and you're not in a deficit. So do we wanna act on that or not? By the way, totally personal, something to talk about with your coach. Um, and I will say, we have good research, amazing research, that metabolism between 20 and 60 years old does not slow down. So if you're 40 and you're like, no, my metabolism is much slower than when I was 20. It's just not true. It's really, it's just not true. We have amazing research on this. But, I will say but, having worked with many, 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 many people, that doesn't mean it's not harder as you get older. It is. It's harder for a plethora of indirect reasons. Like we talked about, right? You might sleep less. You didn't have kids then. You work more now. Your life is different. You know, you get up and move less. You're more tired on average, like things that can happen in your in your 40s when you're raising kids and, and life is at its like peak of personal responsibilities, right? Um, and it is harder when you get older, it is, but but not because your metabolism's broken. And the last assumption that a lot of people make is, well, my friend who's the same weight as me did this many calories, got this many steps or whatever, and they lost weight, but I'm not losing weight. There's another moment, guys, another moment of so what? That doesn't mean you're broken. It means you have to deal with yourself as an individual. Comparisons are stupid. They're only useful insofar as maybe, you know, potentially helping you figure out a starting point. I mean, it's like, all right, this person's kind of like me. I'll kind of start where they started and, and we'll see what happens. I, I, I wouldn't recommend that in terms of like setting calories, but like I can understand where that can happen. Um, dude, genetics are... Genetic differences in terms of metabolism are huge. You know, differences in BMR can be like 10 to 20% for people that are the same height, weight, age, sex, all that stuff. Um, differences in how our metabolisms adapt can be huge. You know, I, I, I used to think that BMR was really just an equation of, of things you could just measure about somebody. 
but it's not. It turns out things like organs, which you can measure organ size, but things like organ size end up playing a big difference. Where I can be 150 pounds, you can be 150 pounds, both of us 5'8", five, five, and you know, similar muscularity, and, and I can have a 10 or 15%, 10, up to 20% advantage in terms of burning more calories. I say advantage with an asterisk because there's some, there's a, there's a thought there that having a higher metabolism is always better. I don't think that that's always the case. Um, but at the end of the day, it just brings us back to the point of like, you're making these four assumptions. The calorie calculator is correct. Says who? It's just an estimate. The number of calories you're eating is accurate. Says who? It, it, it has a ton of baked in variation with it. You know, what matters is that you're tracking in a, with consistent methods so that your numbers are reliable so that you can act upon them in a directional sense of more or less, right? Or you're making an assumption of, you know, what I used to do and it's not working now, but it should. Says who? And, and frankly, life is probably much different than it used to be. And that can be frustrating, but, you know, we're spending too much time frustrated, not enough time on the reality of the situation. Uh, and the last one is an assumption of, oh, my friend did this and thus it should apply to me. It's just not true. Even if you guys were exactly the same archetype from the outside, it could be totally different on the inside. Um, so I'll try and put a bow on that. I didn't, if you guys are still listening, just know, I'm not angry at people who get into the situation. I'm not angry that you're feeling like you should be losing weight. I'm frustrated for you. I wish that it was working. Whatever you, I wish you were in this situation. You know, I wish that, 170 pound client of mine was able to lose on 1700 calories. That would have been great, but it wasn't the facts. And so instead of spending months and months and months, you know, in denial about the truth or doing a reverse diet and likely gaining a bunch of weight that you didn't have to, we acted upon the facts and the real situation at hand. And we had great success. And I'd find that most clients and people would have great success if they got rid of this expectation of what should be happening based on a whole bunch of assumptions that, you don't really have the right to make and acted upon the reality of what the data and your biofeedback are telling you. All right, cool. I'll attach that reverse dieting podcast for anybody who's interested and I will see you guys in the next episode. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of Where Optimal Meets Practical. If you liked the episode, it would mean the world to me if you posted a screenshot to your social media or left a five-star review on iTunes. That stuff really helps. If you ever want to get in touch with me, just shoot me a DM on Instagram at Jordan Lips Fitness. I'm always around to chat. Thanks, guys. Have a good one.